When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Big Chris Live. We're streaming live right now via YouTube and via Twitter. Thanks to DeanBlundell.com for hosting. Uh, since uh, I've had a little run-in with Facebook right now, I'm waiting to get out of Facebook jail before we can resume the, uh, as per usual, Facebook live stream. That's a story for another time. You can scroll back in previous episodes to hear that drama. We've got bigger fish to fry this afternoon, TGIF, and my guest... I already teased it on Twitter and made the reveal earlier this morning, but Paul Langlois from The Tragically Hip is on the screen with us on via Zoom. Paul, how are you? I'm doing well, Chris. Nice to see you again. Excellent to see you. It's been a long time, man. It's always good to reconnect with Kingston friends and uh, connections, and uh, I'm always homesick for that city, as you know. Well, you're missed around here for sure. We definitely uh, noticed a bit of a hole here. Well, oh, thanks, but- man. Yeah, we're trying. Yeah. We're doing well. Yeah, we're doing well. You know, uh, actually, the biggest news is we're in the third trimester. We're expecting April 11th, and I'm a first-time dad at 40 years old, which is uh, pretty uh, pretty wild, man. Woo! <laughs> uh, well, it's it's. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. I got a couple of girls that are both in their 20s now, but um, I really, uh, it's the best thing I ever was ever part of. Yeah, and, and you know, I find... I'm juggling a lot of things, obviously, with the radio show and the podcast. And if, if there was stand-up comedy, I'd be doing that. But, you know, I keep it pretty busy. But now I've got this baby thing to throw into the mix. But I can only imagine what it must have been like for you being a, a first-time dad or, a, or a, a father to multiple children through uh, touring and recording and, like, all that insanity. Uh, what was that like? How did you juggle all that? Well, I mean, it was it was tough at times. We were lucky that um, we kind of stayed on the same page um, our whole career, really. And we stayed friends. And, uh, you know, some of the more complicated things in a band that's going to keep all the same members and everything is you got to be on the same page as far as when you want to play, when you got to get home. People started having kids. And it was very difficult, you know, with Gord Sinclair had his oldest, the first kid, the first band kid. And uh, we left like two days later down to Memphis to record up to here. And, um, you know, we were down there six weeks and it's just like we all felt for him. It was very difficult because he had a baby at home. And, um, you know, gradually. um, So he kind of got the short end there. But then, you know, we managed to after recording that record, he got a few months um, at home, but we toured a lot. But as the kids came, we just made sure that whoever was uh, having the child or, um, you know, got some time. Um, and we kind of built it in, but it was tough, you know, it was tough as they got to be a little more aware that we were leaving and coming back, 
so right. often, you know, sometimes you're leaving and your seven-year-old's just like, why, why are you going? You know, it's just like, uh, hits you hard, but then, you know, you come back and we're not busy. You know, we were never busy when we got back. So I could just be full-time, uh, days or hopefully a couple three weeks, um, of just uh, being a full-time dad. So it's, uh, yeah, but it's complicated like anyone who goes on the road. Yeah. You know, I remember, too, always thinking of you guys as great parents, too, just seeing you in and around Kingston, you know, through the years, whether I saw, you know, Rob at the movie theater or at the lineup of Tim Hortons with his kids or, you know, you and, and your wife and all the charity work that she uh, she does within the city as well. You know, uh, you guys always seem to be very there for your kids. So I was wondering how you did it. But I guess good planning on the uh, business end of things uh, makes for good family life. Yeah, we just sort of, you know, get the due date and hope. I mean, I missed the birth of um, our oldest, Emma. We were opening for Page and Plant in the States for two months. And I had booked, I chose, well, maybe she's going to come early. So I was able to get, we were going to take six weeks off. So I um, I was like, okay, how about two weeks before the due date and four weeks after, you know, and then I'll have fun with the baby. Right, right. And she came six weeks early. So we were in Nebraska when I got, um, you know, back then it was a pager. There was no cell phone. <laughs> no cell phone. Um, so it, it was uh, actually the first state we canceled. We couldn't do the um, Ames, Iowa gig with Page and Plant. I flew home and and then flew back, picked up a week later. But yeah, it's, uh, we got a lot of great band kids and, and it's a really nice, um, Big family, you know, everyone, they're, they're kind of like cousins, all the band kids. I bet. You know, and yeah. And um, so that's been a great uh, just bonus uh, for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I know that uh, Rob's kids, uh, well, you know, Boris has uh, taken up the, the axe and taken up the musical uh, uh, heritage. None of your kids ever drifted towards that or? No, but they um, they both play. They both play guitar, um, yeah. kind of despite my efforts. Um, I think <laughs> But sure enough, sort of through their teens, uh, in their bedrooms, they learned how to play. And so they can both sing and play, And but there are uh, no ambitions in um, uh, in music. Just it's a nice, uh, it's a friend for life and, and a nice hobby and sit around and play guitar around a campfire or whatever. They both do that. Oh, that's um, as a, my wife. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, so that's nice. But a lot of great musicians in the band, Gord Sinclair, all boys are um fantastic musicians and boris obviously uh robbie's boris is in uh casador yeah and they do well and you know the covid thing kind of screwed things up for them so many different uh, bands have just been affected big and small and and especially i think people or bands who have momentum you know when they just feel like okay things are starting to happen for us right and and there's nothing worse than having momentum stopped there's one thing to be grinding and there's one thing to be at the top but that that middle phase where you got momentum right like ah oh, that's that's a burn yeah that's uh, i really feel for uh, that they were halfway through or even just but only at the beginning of a very exciting tour and here we go. And, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, what? Oh, this is serious. You know, it's like basically when the NBA canceled their season. <laughs> <A lot of laughs> that was the big thing, right? The big sign it's when that guy touched all those microphones and everyone was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that seemed to be, and it's hard to believe it's, you know, it's going to be a year. Yeah. Uh, pretty soon. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel bad for that and feel bad for like my kids are in the university. Like, I think I feel worse for the younger people. 
obviously now for um, elderly and vulnerable people in this long-term care home kind of fiasco is, is oh, um, yeah. feel bad for everybody. I feel, I feel blessed and lucky because I sort of, you know, pretty much retired. And um, so I'd be just chipping away anyway, but uh, the kids, you know, they're not getting the, to go to their school or, you know, it's just, um, I feel worse for the young people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody's just had such a rough go of it. And I can remember uh, during, you know, everyone, I've heard some people starting to refer to it as, oh, back in the pandemic. I'm like, no, 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 we're, we're still in the pandemic, by the way. But I think they mean back in the first lockdown, you know, back when we were first grappling with it back, you know, March, April, May of last year. Um, I remember one of the moments, there was a lot of different great patriotic things that happened, but uh, then all of a sudden I see you on your front porch, man, that was something else. That was great. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. That was another accident. Just, I was just trying to help a couple guys out that were trying to start a movement to go sing courage on the porch, just to yeah. pick everyone up. Cause you know, back then you're right. You know, it's kind of like two pandemics cause you know, in March, April, May, then all of a sudden, Summer came and it kind of loosened up a bit, just like, oh, okay, this is okay. This is going to be good. And then sure enough, as, as experts were predicting, there's a yeah. going to come around again. Who knew the uh, experts would be so right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, and, and I did the porch thing, uh, you know, for a few weeks. I was doing it on Thursday and Wednesday. Uh, one night, I'd just be like, why did I ever start doing this? And I just, I didn't know what to play. And Fortunately, I turned to my wife and kids um, right before I was going out there and said, are you coming? And they were like, what? <laughs> Family affair. <laughs> Let's have a sing along anyway. So they were good sports about it. They sucked it up. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. I remember when I uh, like when I was living in Kingston, I, I mean, I've lived there on and off for years, you know. Uh, but the last stretch when I was living there and I was doing the morning show at K-Rock, I remember you released Not Guilty and you dropped that solo album. And that always reminds me of my time there because I was so into the local scene when I got back. I can remember uh, Ian Spotting. I remember Chris Coster. Uh, you know, he had a solo, solo stuff out then. I remember the, catching the glorious sons when they were just playing at the merchant tap house, a little pub to not a full house. If you can believe that now, um, yeah. you know, and anyways, uh, I listened to not guilty recently. One that ad album still stands up, man. I got to say, uh, you know, that was, Thanks. that was a great record, man. Enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Um, but it was enjoyable for me, you know, just to have a band and their friends and, you know, just to, you know, it was for the record before that, the record before that I did just on my own. And um, it was kind of solitary experience, but it was a monkey off my back. You know, I just, yeah. I just kind of Gord had done a couple solo records, Gord Downey. And, and I just thought, well, I got a bunch of unfinished songs. I should, I should really do this. And I'm glad I did. And then with not guilty, I was like, okay, this is going to be way more fun if I have a band. And so uh, we had a great time doing it. And we actually managed to do a, a you know, about 30 night tour. Um, yeah, I remember. The... And was, was Greg Ball in the band or was he opening for that tour? Greg and his band were opening. Right. Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were in heaven. I, I just wasn't going to get back into a van. So I got a tour bus, <laughs> nice. which financially isn't the best idea in the world. But yeah. I was just like, no way I'm going across country in a van. I've done it too many times. And 
getting too old. So anyway, that Greg and his band, uh, they just had the time of their lives and, um, you know, they had a record to, uh, to promote as well. So, um, yeah, they were my favorite guys on the bus. No offense to Robbie because, uh, Robbie Baker came and did me the huge favor of, uh, of, uh, being on the tour and he was great, but, um, Right. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I'm, I still hang out with Greg and, and um, guys in his band. And they just talk about that tour like, you know, it's just like the one of their most favorite times ever. You do so much to support the local scene, though, Paul. And, and you know, that was my second question. One, that album was great and, and a great example of, of, of that local collaboration. But number two, topic of the, of the scene in Kingston, who was the last or the latest Kingston musician that you've worked with? Um, I guess that would be Greg. Um, Greg, uh, did a record a couple of years ago. I've kind of slowed down in that area. I mean, I was mm-hmm. kind of producing because we have a studio, the bathhouse, just of course, yeah. the opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, is there. Um, so, uh, I, I haven't really, besides helping a friend or two out that want to record a song for their daughter's birthday or whatever, you know, uh, <laughs> there's a little of that here and there yeah yeah Uh, but uh, officially greg and his band um would have been the last uh last uh local act that i produced and the last time i was in there i was just me and i was um trying to break the ice and start writing again i i just was had a a non-period of time after gord died for really a couple of years and then I started thinking, well, you should write something. And, um, anyway, so I did go out and it actually went better than I thought. So I got three or four so far. And I'm just going to, without any schedule, um, just going to chip away at it. Uh, by the way, Robbie has a record uh, with Strippers Union. Coming yes, out, so. yes, yeah. I don't know, next week or the week after, not sure. But I've seen it, um, you know, teased on Twitter. And so excited for him. And uh, yeah, I'll just... Uh, I guess maybe a couple years away though. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna just take it, take a slow burn on it, right? That's a yeah. great suggestion, by the way. I think I'll hit Rob up and maybe see if he wants to come and promote his new album on the podcast. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. I'm surprised. Um, I, I've heard the record's really good, and um, yeah, they they worked hard to to get there. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he, he's uh, always a great interview. You know, it's, it's been, uh, you mentioned Gord and, and I know that's a sensitive and a sad subject and, you know, tragic in so many ways. Um, you know, but you know, they say that, you know, time lends new perspective to things, you know, it's been a number of years now. Do you have a new perspective is, or is that just being able to head back into the studio? Is that your new perspective? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, um, the pain recedes, um, very gradually, uh, like I had no experience with, um, grief. I'm lucky that way. You know, the folks are alive in laws. I'm just lucky. Um, so with Gord, it was crushing, um, for all of us around him, and, um, you know, but the pain does recede a bit and, uh, or a lot. And, um, you can get a little kind of philosophical about it. I still feel like he got ripped off. I mean, anyone that dies that young, yeah, they're getting ripped off. But people die a lot younger and get ripped off a lot worse. Um, it's just with with the four kids, you know, it's that's the the biggest part of it. And also, he had a lot more to do. I mean, he was if any if any of us talked about 
playing in a band in our 70s, it was him. Like he <laughs> just had that romantic vision that we're just going to keep. And we would have stayed together. We would have for sure. I mean, we're still together, but we're retired from from playing. We still do little things and we talk, Zoom calls or whatever, and figure things out. But um, yeah, uh, definitely really miss him. I think the whole band was in a daze for a couple of years, though, after. Yeah. And now it's been three little over three. And um, I think we're allowed, uh, Gord Sinclair put a solo record right around the COVID. I remember uh, he was actually touring down the road here in Richmond Hill and I was going to go see his gig and then he had to pull the plug on it. That was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, really good record. And um, yeah, so I think uh, people are kind of feeling like doing things again. And it, even as a band, we're um, fairly motivated to find stuff that um, that we know we recorded. It's just so many albums and so much time in the studio. Tried to catalog everything, but that's kind of the engineers and the producers that would do that. And um, yeah. anyway, so we're um, with Johnny Faye leading the way because um, he's kind of he just thinks that way and he's also in Toronto so he can find, you know, various storage units, old tapes. And so, um, yeah, we're just chipping away at getting organized with, um, and finding stuff that, um, people haven't heard and, uh, but that we actually record recorded in, wow. in the real studio. Fantastic. Yeah, so that's a nice little project. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you have, still some so, so much legacy and everything and and i think this is the reason i i reached out to you paul is because just a few days ago you know you had it on your twitter account that you were uncheckmarked uh by twitter <laughs> and and i said i gotta get paul on the podcast to talk about this and then i realized it wasn't just you it was rob baker and the band itself the tragically hip lost its status or it was demoted in a way by Twitter to being unofficially the tragically hip. I was incensed. I was outraged. I mean, the, you know, like it, it, it was, it was more than I could handle, but I see that it's been, it's been restored. Did they offer an explanation? No, I mean, one, uh, I was actually going to tweet, um, something like, who are these Twitter people? Do they walk among us? Um, <laughs> So no, and and you know, I, I was like, well, okay. Um, told the management about it, and they were like, oh, we'll look into it. They looked into it, no answers. And then just, uh, you know, it only lasted three or four days, and and it was in the evening that the check mark came back. I, a buddy of mine texted me. He's like, hey, your check mark's back. And <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Uh, I think they were kind of rejigging. Was that the best? Uh, I see. Guess. Um, from what people were hearing, they were kind of rejigging things on Twitter and, and, um, Gord Sinclair and I, and the hip got caught in the, um, the temporary loss of their check marks. I was glad that the hip lost theirs too, because if it was just little old me, I don't think I would have gotten it back, but, um, I was able <laughs> to hitch myself to that big boat. <laughs> yeah. By association, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the Order of Canada Medal. Where where do you keep it? By the way, I'm wondering where, where do you hang such a thing? Uh, it's not hanging actually. I'm just oh. looking over. It's in a, a drawer in the kitchen. Oh good. Uh, this, yeah. <laughs> Next to the cutlery or? <laughs> <laughs> no, just 
you know, it's, it's, I don't know why it ended up there. And I, I don't know why I, I never hung it up. I should think about that. But now with Julie Payette, you know, she. Right. Uh, gave it to us. So there's. Uh, she know, was the like, one that awarded it to you. Of course, that would be the right timeline. I, I forgot how long she'd been there. Yeah. Um, we had got a governor general's award years before that. And our governor general at the time was Michelle Jean. Mm-hmm. And she was great. She was really just, you could just tell, uh, great with people, great, you know, just made everyone feel, you know, you really like getting attention from her, even if it's like 30 seconds. And um, Julie wasn't so much, but she was good. Like, there's nothing we noticed. Uh, yeah, she, <laughs> she didn't call yeah. you names. She didn't slap you. She, <laughs> well, she came, you know, there's a dinner involved. So she came around to all the tables. Seemed quite pleasant, actually. Oh, that's good. Uh, best behavior i guess i suppose right but that's a good reminder i should get that old medal out at some point i think so <laughs> yeah i i would i would hang that up anywhere really especially where, yeah. some, where my friends and family could see it but again how many how many things do you have to hang around the house like how many <laughs> gold records how many you know platinum records how many you know memorabilia do you have like there must be do you have a room uh no don't have a room i mean i have a little studio here but um not really we moved about three years ago and i had a studio there with stuff hanging you know the gold records you know gifts and um and but here we're more it's more of a seller (laughs) i still have the gear down there but um yeah so and i really kind of vote against uh making it too public but you know, there's a few things hanging in the living room, you know, a few, you know, Junos and that kind of thing. Um, special pictures, um, especially from the last tour, a couple of really mm-hmm. good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I have, uh, I have Gord, two pictures of Gord and I over there ever since he left us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this and that. And then, you know, other stuff goes to storage. There's bath, you know, uh, uh, everyone's got stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, we're really just lucky that um, with all this stuff. But then you sort of get into a headspace where, you know, try not to look backwards and that kind of thing. Like the number of hockey jerseys I have is <laughs> insane. Uh, but yeah. my daughters take them little by little. I know they do. Oh, really? Yeah. As long as they're not selling it on eBay, are they? <laughs> oh, no. No, no. No, just grabbing it. Oh, that's good. That's cute, though. That's nice. I've got something to admit. We're going to wrap things up in a few here, Paul. This is my last sort yes. of subject, if you will. But I've been keeping a secret from, and maybe maybe it was obvious all these years, but um, I'm I'm the biggest hip fan, dude. I really am. You know, all Ooh. those times in Kingston, you know, that, uh, you know, side stage, backstage, charity dinners, whatever. You guys were there, one or all of you or whatever. I just played it cool the whole time. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan. And let me demonstrate. Actually, I got to pull this out of a pull this out of the plastic. This is uh, the uh, the blue record. Tragically hip self-titled. Look at that yeah. guy. Ah. Oh, there he is right there. Look at that guy. Look at him. Looks very angry, he looks. Yes, that's a surly look on there. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know how to play it. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I got this at Brian's Record Auction uh, in Kingston, and I saw this in mint condition. 
and I had to have it, and that's one of my rarities. If you look behind me here, this is a poster. Oh, yeah. The Fillmore 2002. And also, I've got a ton of other stuff, but this is just the stuff that was handy today. This is a single on vinyl, and it's uh, Blow It High Dough, but it's promotional only, not for sale. Oh, I, I think, remember that. Yeah, you remember that? I don't mm -hmm. know. Is that like a radio think, station issue? or? Yeah, I think it was the only time we ever did it. I think it was to kind of like tease it or something mm, okay. uh, before releasing it. Interesting. But, uh, well, I it, do remember. Not for sale. I got it. I got it at Brian's record option. So <laughs> it eventually okay. ended up for sale. <laughs> great, great spot, Brian's. Uh, no, I mean, you've always been... Um, you know, it's always uh, struck me and, and us that you're a fan because you always said nice things and all that kind of stuff. But um, no, you played it pretty cool as well. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. So I remember I had all this stuff and I was like, you know, I'm going to get I'm eventually going to come out and tell them and, and I'm going to have to say, like, hey, can you sign all this stuff for me? But then by the time I was on my way out of Kingston, I was packing my bags. That was the final tour. And I was like, I'm not going to hit them up <laughs> in their final, in this whole moment and ask them for autographs. So I, uh, I let right. it lie. I, I knew how to read the room. But, um, but just so you know, man, next time I see you, I might hit you up for an autograph. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think you made the right call. Yeah. You made the call there because it, was, um, it wasn't the same vibe as other tourists. Uh, um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, right, that, but, that hey, was... Next time we see each other. Yeah, man. There's so many things to look forward to post-pandemic, and that will certainly be one of them for me, man. And, you know, I'm so glad that uh, my, my, last, uh, my last summer in Kingston was that final tour, and I got to wrap up as I moved up here to the GTA. You know, uh, that was the last thing I did was see your final show there. So it was a very emotional, obviously, for all the obvious reasons. But then tying that into my own leaving the city it felt like there was a you know a second uh second departure there for myself so thanks for being the soundtrack to my teenage years paul and uh and of course being such a great upstanding member of the kingston community and it was great uh you know getting to know you guys and and uh, hang out and just be part of the scene for as long as i did and uh thanks for being on the podcast you're welcome back anytime by the way but i'm glad you're check marked on twitter again that's great news <laughs> well thanks a lot thanks for having me um on and uh, good luck with that baby oh thanks man yes april 11th here we go it's coming yeah good luck with that and i'm sure yeah i'm sure we'll talk to you and i'll come back on whenever you like awesome thanks paul the podcast super friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.
Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favourite podcast app.